take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I am Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couples Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And please be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. In today's episode, Gene and I will be talking about a really big topic, the topic of forgiveness. Yeah. And this is a, a really great time right now <laughs> to be talking about this topic. But before we get to that topic, we just wanted to read off a review that came in. Yeah, thank you for the reviews. We love hearing from you guys. This review is from Magnetic Mismatch, and they did the review through Apple Podcast. Title is Real Wisdom. Very interesting listening to different real-life couples talking about real-life experiences. It's definitely not like the always rainbows and butterflies, LOL. With over two decades of experience, my wife and I are looking forward to listening in for more pieces of wisdom that we can implement as well. Subscribed. I love that it's a husband and wife listening. That's really cool. You know, some people think that because it's called couple synergy, it is not for people not in a relationship, but that's actually not true. Yeah, actually, some of our individual clients have asked us if it's okay right. <laughs> to follow the page. Yes, it's absolutely okay. Yes. Because this is not just about husband and wife relationships. It's all relationships. And if you are currently single but would like to be in a relationship the more work you do on yourself, the more success you're going to have in a relationship later on. So this is universal wisdom we're talking about. It's not specific just for couples. It's all people. Absolutely. I mean, we have constantly said that in the end, the only thing that matters are our relationships. And that's relationships, plural. Right. Not just our primary partner relationship. Exactly. So I think if we're going to be talking about forgiveness, we need to start with resentment. Yeah, that's another big one too. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, speaking of relationships, one of the things that is a guarantee in every relationship that you have is that the other person will hurt you in some way. Right. And certainly throughout your life, lots of different people and situations will come up that are very painful. It's just part of being human. Now, obviously, they're not all going to be intentional hurts. Right. Right. What we're talking about here is just the consequence of being in a relationship is that you have to get close to the other person. And when you get close to the other person, inevitably, they are going to step on some 
wounds that you have. And, and they may not even know that. One of the things that when I first start working with people, a person, you know, when I'm working individually with someone, is I ask them to write a list of resentments. And resentments are not regrets. Regrets are things that you've done. Resentments are things that have happened to you or have been done to you that you don't like. And that you hold on to. Right. And I found that it takes a level of self-esteem to give yourself permission to feel that pain. And a lot of people, they don't want to go there. They don't, they want to explain it away like, well, that person didn't mean it or they didn't know better or whatever that is. But that's really not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is to uh, validate what you feel. And it doesn't matter the situation around it. Feelings are just feelings. Well, feelings are, as I say, not debatable. They just happen. You, you feel them and they're like lights on a dashboard. They're telling you that something is happening and you have to attend to it. Right. So even if other people don't agree with what you feel, doesn't mean you're not feeling it. Mm -hmm. And so before you let your head jump in there and rationalize your emotion away, we're saying sit in it. Stop and sit and really let yourself feel that pain because it's valid and most importantly, it's not that we want people feeling crappy. We know that resentments are the areas of your life that are seeking growth. So there is a learning component to it. Mm -hmm. And that is that if you have this resentment that you're carrying around, it means that you haven't learned from it so that you can move on from it. Right. And some people try to jump to forgiveness too quickly. And right. what happens when we do that, if we try to forgive something we haven't yet resolved or learned from or grown through, it keeps coming. We keep having the same situation over and over and over again. Now you're talking about the law of attraction. Yep. And that is that if we don't learn from the situation that brings up those painful feelings, that we are going to attract more of those situations into our lives. And if that resentment is caused by a hurt in a relationship, even if you leave that relationship, you're going to find someone similar or someone that is going to replicate that situation again. Oh, we've all seen it. Right. We've all watched other people in relationships end a relationship and find another one just like it. It looks different. The other person looks different and it might take a couple of years, but it's going to be the same thing because we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationship and you'll continue to attract those life lessons that you need. So what you're kind of saying here is that letting go of resentments and finding forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Right. You know, when we talk about a word like projection, I like this analogy that you imagine you're in a cave and there's a fire in the middle of the cave and you turn your back to the fire and you're looking at the wall. And what are you going to see? You're going to see a shadow. Yeah. Your shadow. Right. Only the fire's dancing and it's distorted and it looks creepy and weird and it looks scary. And that's what our projections are. We project that shadow onto if somebody was walking through that shadow, we would look at that person and we would say, oh, I don't like this about you, whatever it is. And whatever those things are that we find ourselves in judgment about other people, 
whether it's somebody we work with or our partner or our kids or friends, neighbors, doesn't really matter. It's our own stuff. It's never them. But it, it feels so real. Yes. It feels real that it's the other person, that it's their fault, it's their problem, it's their issue, and that you have nothing to do with it. So let's say it like this. This sounds pretty cool. Let's say you and that other person are in the cave. And they also have their back to the fire and their shadows on the wall. And those two shadows are doing a dance because you will always find someone who knows how to do the dance. You know, one of the things that, that we always say is like, if someone comes in and they're so upset because someone said something, right. And they're all upset about it. And we say, well, this is your issue, not what they said. And they, they don't get that. And then, and then we say, well, what if they called you, you know, a green giraffe, it wouldn't make a difference at all. Right. You'd be, think the other person was nuts. Right. But when they say something that you buy into. So in the four agreements, he says, this is how we make an agreement. We have to pay attention. This is the four agreements written by Miguel Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to pay attention and we have to agree with it. So if you're upset about something, it's because it resonated inside of you and it feels it hit something. You know, in the same way that if you have two guitars in a room together and you pluck the A string, do they have A strings? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what instruments. <laughs> and you pluck the A string, the, the A string on the other guitar will also vibrate. And that's what's really happening. It's resonating in both of you. And so it is easy for us to say it's them because it is half of them. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, it's half you. And whether you go through a process of forgiveness or not, that doesn't change their journey and their own processing and their own forgiveness. So you can go through a forgiveness process even if someone's passed away. So let's apply this to an extreme example, because I think this is what people usually you know, go to mm-hmm. when we're talking about forgiveness. Yeah. And that is, what if you were abused growing up, right? You were truly victimized as a child by a caregiver or an adult just in general and are are you you know should should that person forgive their abuser yeah that's a really big question i have a few things to say about that one is that big question about why are we here what happens when we die and what is life really about and there's really only two ways to answer that question one is we're a fluke of something Nothing matters. And when we die, we're dead. And the other one is we're on purpose and everything matters. And when we die, there's more. And I don't think it's easy to answer that question unless you're in the second camp, right? And so I just read a story, uh, Kristen Decker's story, who is a co-author of mine in our book, Fearless Women, Overcoming Mediocrity. And she was horribly bullied as a child. She was bullied by kids and teachers. And she was bullied in multiple different settings for her whole childhood, right? And when you get through her story, what she does now for a living is she goes and speaks to people about this stuff. And I think that had she not gone through that, she wouldn't have become the person she is that would have a credible story. And, you know, I, I really believe that the painful parts of our lives are the quickest ways that we can grow because when we're comfortable, we don't seek growth. 
It's when we're in pain that we're really present and we want to figure our way out of that. And so I don't have all the answers about why we have to go through those things and especially things that happen to children. But I do trust that it is part of a bigger picture and that we grow through those kind of things because if it's not, if there's no point to the suffering and the abuse that's happening in the world and has since the beginning of time, that's really depressing. Absolutely. It either all means something or it, or it all means nothing. And I am aligned in that same belief system is that we go through difficult things in our life to learn something. And so if you come from that perspective, yes, forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Forgiveness really has to do with letting it go within yourself so that you are not continuing the abuse yourself. Right. That you're not passing that on. Um, yeah, if the definition of forgiveness is it's not that what happened was okay, it's that you're no longer going to allow it to have power over you. Right. I just want to share this analogy. It was really interesting today. We were uh, in the hot tub, and it was raining. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't see the rain. But what you could see is when a raindrop hit the water, another drop splashed upwards like an inch and back down and rippled out. And I think that's what happens when we hurt each other. You can't always see the hurt, especially if you're the one doing the hurting, but it creates a definite wound and that wound can ripple out, right? And that's what you're talking about, about not passing it on. And it's very difficult when you're in a place of pain to not cause pain in another person. Because that's the natural reaction is to try to dissipate that pain. And so if you're angry within, you're going to be angry without, and you're going to pass that along and project it onto other people. And so even though you may have been victimized as a child, you don't have to continue that victimization on yourself and also project that or pass that on to maybe a future generation. Right. Right. And so that forgiveness and that process of forgiveness is letting that pain go and not have it hold power over you day in and day out. If you think about the energy of that, you know, if the raindrop coming down can't disperse, it can't ripple out, that means you have to hold that energy in until right. you can let it transform you. So if you think about, like, if you hold it in and it's a heat, well, when we cook food, it transforms it. And that heat transforms us. And the only real way to shift emotional wounds is through a transformation or a shift in your belief system or your frequency or um, something like that. You create more of it which doesn't actually make you feel any better. And I think it actually adds to your shame. And that's why we stay angry, right? We stay angry because then we don't have to feel guilt and shame. I, I think it also gets worse. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, if you just let it sit, you know, through time, it's kind of like a, a wound that gets infected. Right. And if you're not attending to it, if you're not going through that process of letting go, and processing your resentments and finding forgiveness, then it can eat away at you little by little as it grows. Right. I think a lot of people can go through their life angry because they don't become self-aware 
and they don't challenge themselves to think differently and they kind of get stuck until something happens like a life-threatening event or they don't, you know, and that's the saddest thing to me. This idea of, what is it, at Delphi that they said an unexamined life isn't a life worth living? Is that Socrates? Yeah, Socrates. Socrates, right? And, you know, we would take that a step further and say an unexamined relationship isn't worth the pain of being in it. Correct, right. Because they're painful. Because if you want to get close to someone, inevitably, inevitably you are going to hurt them, even on accident. And, you know, we've talked about this, about how in today's day and age, it's a lot easier to walk away from a relationship if they hurt you than it is to actually go through the process of understanding it and moving through it and healing from it. Yeah, that is such a sad thing to me because now we've just had the pain with no resolution ever. Right. And no good way to resolve conflict. And this is why you see people who have divorced and they're still fighting because they've never resolved. Right. They haven't processed that resentment right. and that conflict and, you know, gotten to a place of working together. And it doesn't go away. You will have to address that somewhere. And the thing is, it, it seems correct, right? And... I oh always, yeah, I mean you believe it's the other person, 100%. right? It's their fault. Yeah. Absolutely. And I like to use that analogy, right? You're driving down the street and you're texting and your car goes up on the sidewalk and you run some guy over mm-hmm. and break his leg. Mm-hmm. Whose fault is it? It's totally your fault. Right. What if that person with the broken leg said, "It's not my fault. You you wear the cast and you go to physical therapy." Because it's not my fault. I did absolutely nothing wrong. So why should I have to respond to or suffer through this injustice and this pain? And it's by design. By design, we are self-healers. Our body physically mm-hmm. and our mental and emotional states as well. Right. What doctors do and what therapists do and other healers is they create an environment for the best case scenario for your body or your emotions to heal but you actually have to do the work yeah that's the tough part yeah right (laughs) even if it's 100 percent not your fault like you're talking about right with child abuse right right so being a victim isn't about what happens to us it is about how we respond to what happens to us and it's our choice how much power we continue to let it have over us or not And that's a really simplistic statement that is not meant to be simplistic. And it's a lot easier said than done, Mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of people are familiar with the phrase of forgive, but don't forget. Right. Right. Bury the hatchet, but leave the handle sticking out. I haven't heard that one. (laughs) It's in a country song. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, because, you know, I think our anger and our pain, it, makes us feel safer. It makes us feel like I'm going to stay on guard so it doesn't happen again. Which I don't think is healthy either. Well, it doesn't work either. No. It just traps you inside with your pain. Well, what happens is that you prevent yourself from opening up to other people, mm-hmm. you know, who don't wish that harm on you. And you just end up being very guarded and superficial in your relationships. I mean, there's a, a client that you know, I'm working with, I've been working with for many years. And, 
he, in, in a past relationship, he had been cheated on. And it was a devastating, devastating experience for him. And so after that experience, he shut down. He closed himself off from relationships and getting close in a relationship. He had many, many, many superficial relationships. I shouldn't say superficial. They're, they're deep enough, you know, for friendships. But when it came to a primary partner, he wasn't really open and opening himself up for that. And when he got married, that was the challenge for him is learning how to open up. And it was something that he resisted for a very long time. And now on the precipice of getting divorced, he's learning that. He's learning that now he should have opened himself up to being with a primary partner. Which goes back to that concept of when we're comfortable, we don't change. We don't grow. Right. And now that he's in pain, he's working really hard. Yeah. And that's the thing. He didn't even probably wasn't aware that he had sort of locked himself up in this place that he thought was safe, which is now his prison. And that's always true in the case of anger. Absolutely. It, It ties us up and it doesn't free us up to be able to connect at that soul to soul level that really brings us that connection and love and compassion and understanding. I always sort of think about, you know, these primary relationships, like we're cars, you know, like you, you're a car and I'm a car and we have to get as close as possible and we just keep crashing. (laughs) (laughs) And so you're talking about like crash derby, right? (laughs) Like, you know, like how do you, how do you get in sync enough that you could, you know, move through life together without bumping into each other and bumping into each other's stuff and not get all scratched up and banged up? Well, if you think about the Blue Thunderbirds. Yeah. Those are the fighter pilots, right, that Mm -hmm. fly in formation for shows and everything. The stunts that they do and how close that they get to each other is just mind-boggling. It's amazing right? And that takes years and years of practice together. You know, you think about uh, Olympic athletes, you know, figure skating pairs, Mm -hmm. years and years and hours and hours of training and working together. And they probably never fell down once. Yeah, right. They (laughs) fall down all the time. But they also eat together. They live together. They are constantly spending time together because that is where you really connect. That's you know, where you really learn you know about you call your partner. That. Um, I think it's called synergy. <laughs> ringing the bell. <laughs> Anytime yeah. we say synergy, we're going to ring the bell. Is that a new tradition now? <laughs> so, you know, synergy does require a wearing off of those type of wounds and learning to be careful with each other. And, you know, when we have physical pain, it's advantageous to avoid it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so on a physical level, you don't touch a hot stove because it's going to burn you. Right. And so that sounds like a good plan. I'm going to pull away from it. Mm -hmm. But emotional wounds we have to lean into. Yeah, that seems, you know, counterproductive. Mm -hmm. Because when you get hurt, you want to move away from what's hurting you. Yeah. 
But what we're saying is you have to lean into it. You have to learn what you're supposed to learn and understand what that pain is. And that's what a lot of couples don't understand. And so when they get hurt by their partner, because inevitably that's supposed to happen, it's going to happen, they back off. They create distance. Now they guard themselves. And they're not able to facilitate that forgiveness process. You know, we have a couple we're working with that we've been working with for a little over a year. And they keep saying every time we see them, like, thank God we're doing this work because if we were quarantined together a year ago and we didn't understand and learn what you guys have taught us, they're like, we would be so incredibly miserable. Yeah. And, you know, being in quarantine is actually a great time to start working on your relationship because guess what? (laughs) You're stuck in there. You're not going anywhere. (laughs) You're not going anywhere. And what we're talking about, we're giving you some concepts that seem logical and seem simple, but they're very, very, very delicate and complicated and personal. Right. And as a human being, we see out, we don't see in. And so we need someone, first of all, to help us see. And second of all, to teach us something other than we learned in our parent-child relationship. And so this work is not about necessarily something being broken. It's really about learning how to become those, what do you call those blue angel things? Yeah. I I said Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds, I I may not have that right. Okay. (laughs) But but we know that. I think everybody knows the concept. Yeah. Of, you know, and so how do you bump into each other and not let that destroy the relationship? How do you learn how to stay in information and learn how to move and Um, recover from when you and your partner bump into each other. And those are the kind of concepts that we teach. And they're, they're not, they're very complex to to teach. And they're unique to the couple as well. Right. And so, you know, we're not going to give you a five-step process on how to forgive. It's not not that (laughs) clear cut. I mean, there isn't a formula out there, but you all understand the concept. You feel it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, this kind of work is more of an art form than it is a science or a checklist that you can just go down. Right. And, you know, really the couple synergy program that we do, the couple to couple program, the the first 90 days of that is the teaching of how you how you can have a formula that bridges conflict. Right. But it doesn't end conflict. It no. gives you the tools so that you can go through it without it being so devastating, especially because you have to learn how to lean into it. And and you, it's an evolutionary process that we help people go through, right? It doesn't, you can't teach them on day one everything they need to learn. No. And, and so each session, we're building on the concept from before and before and before. And then... You know, the ultimate goal is their their take take away is to be able to continue to learn and grow together because they now have the skills that they were never taught because we're all raised by parents and it's parent-child relationship. Nobody teaches us adult-adult relationship. So just as an example of how complex this is, you think about your upbringing, you think about your parents and how they handled conflict right? And how they handled being angry with each other. And who was it that was able to rectify the problem? Who was it that first broke the ice? 
right? Or did they even break the ice? Did they just, you know, sweep it under the carpet and had a lumpy carpet in their relationship? So, you know, growing up in that kind of environment, learning how couples have conflict, that was your, your classroom. And then you think about your partner and your partner's upbringing and what they were exposed to in regards to how couples resolved problems. And so now the two of you come together Plus, in between all of the relationships that you have had along the way and what you learned about conflict in each of those relationships, and now the two of you are trying to come together and create a pattern, something that works for the two of you so that you could resolve conflict. Now, if you can't find that pattern that works for both of you, that's where competition comes in. That's where couples start to intensify that conflict and not getting to any resolution. Right. And so, so you're looking at how to resolve conflict. You're also looking at how do they manage their decision-making skills or their cooperation skills or their respect. And, you know, you see those patterns where they just go to their separate corners and they live parallel lives or one submisses, submits to the other. All sorts of different dysfunctional ways of doing it. But what we're talking about is an equal holding your own space and showing up with respect and tenderness and carefulness with your partner to resolve things. And when you're in that place of your own corner, that is what breeds resentment. And so now you're just taking more resentments and piling it on top of the resentments that you've collected along the way that you haven't processed. And you are even further away from finding forgiveness. You know, it's funny. (laughs) I'm going to laugh about it today, but I hate when we go through it and we go through it exponentially because of the work we do, because we work with couples and we work with families and we have people who work for us. We see this a lot. And what happens is when you go to your own corner, you start making stuff up in your head. Mm Mm-hmm. You will turn the other person into a monster. You will justify, you know, your position because, and this is one of the skills we teach, when we're in our emotional brain, we process information very differently and we get stuck on a word or a phrase and we hit, it it becomes all out of context. Oh, it's definitely not logical. No. (laughs) And you would swear people live in two separate homes. When you bring them together and they each tell their side of the story, it is... Because they're, they're constantly projecting that shadow piece onto it, which brings up so much stuff. And then they think it's just that situation, but it isn't. It's like the iceberg, right? That situation is 15% happening right now, but it is sitting on 85% of history. And, and whatever they're feeling, they're feeling 100% in that moment. And so that's the hardest part when we don't communicate, we don't say what we feel, we can't, we can't remember it accurately. We get all jumbled up in our head, and that's why we think there's good people and bad people, but there's not. That, that's why when you get into that place, you can't try to have a logical conversation or, or spell out all the facts. Mm-hmm. Because once emotion is involved, it is not logical, and it is very irrational. And you are feeling something. You're not thinking something. That is a completely different approach that's, ne- that's needed. 
And whatever you're feeling, you're going to try to justify it with your thinking and you're going to always be wrong. <laughs> right, right. Right. So, you know, this is the concept that we talk about, about if you're with a small child and they're afraid of monsters under the bed, right? Because a lot of kids go through that. And you don't say to a child, you don't say shut up and go back in there. There's no such thing as monsters. Right. You go, oh, you're scared? Let me hold you. Tell me what you're feeling. Let's kind of come up with a solution. Let's get the monster spray out and spray your room down and, and let's go check and make sure nothing's there. And you do that reassuring piece, which is so hard to do with an adult. Well, it's a lot easier to see that concept when you're thinking about a child, mm-hmm. right? It's an emotional approach. It's not a logical or cognitive approach that you would take with a child. But when it comes to an adult, it seems like we just completely lose our own minds and lose our perspective that, yeah, this is another human being that is going to have emotions, that's going to have fears, can have vulnerable, you know, feelings that come up. And we have to take an emotional approach. You know, we're in the middle of um, one of the most popular groups that we run called Transformations. And that's one of the exercises we give people is to write a letter of forgiveness. And that's the only instruction, right? Mm -hmm. And at least half the group comes back and the letter of forgiveness they're writing is to themselves. And it's kind of funny when you sit there and you really think about it, there's always an interplay between your own faults and your own uh, lack of, I don't know what the word is, um, like knowing yourself, awareness. Mm-hmm. And and then your knee-jerk reaction to other people and your knee-jerk reaction even to yourself. And one of the people in that group today, she talked about how when she was writing her letter of forgiveness to herself, she was so mean and judgmental towards herself. And she realized she wouldn't probably do that to someone else. And the people she would do that to are the people she has a distance from and has had the argument in her head, so to speak, and hasn't resolved it versus people she has resolved it with and she was much more compassionate towards. And so that's why doing couple synergy work is so important for the individual person to do their own healing work in conjunction with healing with their partner. And forgiveness is huge. Yeah, I love that exercise about writing the forgiveness letter because ultimately it, it does prove exactly what we're talking about here. And that is that that process has to happen within yourself mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with the other person. And so you may start out thinking about people who have slighted you in some way and you know you struggle with forgiving them, but ultimately it does come around to finding that forgiveness for yourself. Yeah, I remember many years of my life, I really judged myself very harshly for getting pregnant at 20 years old and uh, the shame and the embarrassment. And, you know, that's not like a thing that you go through and then it goes away. Right. Because every so often you meet new people and they're like, oh, you, you're really young to have a child that old, (laughs) you know? And, then it's just right in your face all the time, all the time. And I remember really working very hard on that. And, you know, this was probably nine or 10 years into it. And when I finally got to that place of forgiveness for myself, what went with it was my judgment for other people. 
And so those two things go very much hand in hand. And these are, this is not an intellectual exercise. This is an emotional experience. So you can hear us talk about this, but if you don't have the emotional experience that goes with it, it's really hard to conceptualize that. Well, we have constantly talked about when you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice because that's what is inside of an orange. And so this is the same thing. So you can't judge other people if you don't have judgment for yourself already. Right. You know, and so vice versa, the people who don't judge other people, they don't judge themselves. Yeah, I think if you read anything that is someone's biography, their life story, you'll hear that in it. You'll hear their transformation where they go through their pain and they go through their distorted belief systems and their self-loathing and then they shift their frequency and then they see things completely differently. And that lesson that they go through typically is the thing that becomes their life purpose. And most people don't do it. Most, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of those people that is trying to do it. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's a law of attraction. If you found our podcast, you want to figure out how to do this. for something more. Mm -hmm. And it is a teachable thing, but it's a journey. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I just want to say that it is a process and there is a lot of hope to get out of pain and out of misery and out of suffering and it is worth the work that you do on it and to hang in there and absolutely find a sounding board to help you because I promise you, you can't see yourself accurately. None of us can. And hang in there and keep working on it. And the payoff is there. It's not immediate. The pain is first, <laughs> but the payoff is there and it's totally worth doing. Absolutely. Because our, our lives are not meant to sit in suffering. You know, we do deserve happiness. We do deserve joy. We deserve relationships that make us feel whole and make us feel compassion and love and, and passion. And, you know, that is what we all deserve. But it takes work to get there. You know, I want to say a word about deserving because... A lot of people, once they've been through their childhoods, they don't realize that they are deserving. And I like this concept of, I want you to think about being in a kindergarten classroom with five-year-olds. And I want you to judge which kids should be educated and which kids should not be. And of course, you look at these five-year-olds and you think, well, they all deserve to be. Or which kids deserve to be loved and which don't deserve love. And that's our innocence and that's our truth. We all deserve. We all are here and we all have done good things and bad things. And we all deserve, all of us. So we want to thank you so much for joining us today and for listening to Couples Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. You know, and if you'd like to work with us, um, email us or call us. Our phone number's on the website. Yes. Um, and, you know, we do free consultations to help you see if this is a good fit for you. So if you've been tuning in and you've been wanting to work either individually or as a couple, uh, give us a call. 
For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive that is still scheduled for October 15, 16, 17, and 18, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Thank you.